This coming week, on Monday night and Tuesday, we celebrate Yud Aleph Nissen, which is the Rebbe's birthday. The Rebbe would teach often about the, uh, significant, the tremendous significance of the birthday of every Yid. Uh, the Gemara says on a person's birthday, their mazel, their fortune, is at its strongest point. And especially when we talk about birthdays of tzaddikim that have an impact on the entire, on the entire generation. Um, as the Gemara says famously about the birthday of Moshe Rabbeinu, that that was really the cause and the source for the great Ness of Purim. That uh, Hashem says, as again the Gemara says, that uh, Haman, who had plotted to destroy the Jewish people, was happy that the month that was chosen for this by lottery was Adar, because it's the month that Moshe Rabbeinu passed away. And, um, and Hashem says, yeah, but it's the time he was born as well. And the birth of a tzaddik has this tremendous power. The Rebbe also taught, based on words of Chazal, that birthdays continue even after one passes on, even after one passes away from this world, the neshama still ascends year by year, and the birthday remains a special day, really as indicated in that same Gemara that we just mentioned, because Moshe Rabbeinu had passed away many, many years earlier, and yet this was the day that caused that simcha and that miracle um, of the story of Purim. And therefore, this year we're talking about not just a birthday, but it's a very special birthday as it's 120 years since the Rebbe's birth. The Rebbe was born in 1902 in a small city, Nikolaev in the Ukraine. Um, and of course, the Rebbe went on to really impact and change the face of Yiddishkeit to the world, of the Jewish world, as we know it today. So I want to share a short dvartaira, a short teaching of the Rebbe on the Parsha, which I think is a lot more than just an idea, but something that really expresses um, really with the Rebbe's philosophy and so much of what the Rebbe stands for, um, as we'll see. So this week's Parsha is Parsha's Mitzvah, and deals with all different types of purities and impurities, uh, most of which are not really halachically applicable today, because they're only going to be applicable when we have a Beis HaMikdosh, when we have a Holy Temple, and then the laws of purity and impurity become so much more significant, because one who's impure may not enter into the Holy Temple, the Beis HaMikdosh, or may not eat from the um, sacrifices and so on and so forth. But nevertheless, we study these halachas because they're halachas, they're part of Torah nonetheless, and also we're waiting for the coming of Mashiach. So, the Torah talks about um, various bodily discharges that would make one impure and that would require so one, that one would uh, purify themselves. Some of those bodily in, um, discharges are natural and some are unnatural. There is uh, the nida discharge, which is a natural state of impurity, or, natu- or something, in, a natural discharge, which causes impurity. And then there's the zav, or the zava, for male or female, which is a discharge which is not necessarily a natural phenomenon that automatically comes, and causes impurity as well. And that's more of a significant impurity. There is a pasuk in the parsha that talks about um, this uh, impurity of the zav. And it says, if the Zav touches klicheres, klicheres, which is um, earthenware vessels, um, any vessels that are made out of, out of, earth, uh, out of the earth, really. Earthenware vessels, um, clay, pottery, that type of stuff. So it makes it impure. Rashi discusses the impurity and, and gives us a basic halachic, um, important halachic principle here. And that is that when it comes specifically to earthenware vessels, the halacha is, they can only become impure if something impure enters into them. They only become impure from inside. If something touches them externally, touches the outside of an earthenware vessel, it doesn't make it impure. And therefore, this pasuk is telling us that Rashi says, one might think that Zov, 
the, this impurity of the Zav, which is a more severe impurity, this, you know, that might be able to defile or make impure this vessel, even if touched from the outside. Says Rashi, no, it's not, that's not the case. Again, it can only be impure, made impure, if it's touched from inside or if someone moves the entire vessel and that way the inside was moved as well. But just touching it externally will never make it impure. That is, that's the halachic uh, aspect of this Rashi. And the Rebbe goes on after dealing with the halachic uh, intricacies of this, of this idea. He goes into what's the deeper meaning, as we so often do. Look at the, the deeper meaning or the message behind this halacha, which would seem to be an extremely technical type of a halacha. And the Rebbe says the following. Earthern we're vessels is really, is really um, alludes to each and every one of us, a human being. We are made out of the earth. We say in the davening, Adam davening Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, Adam Yisoyde may offer, Vesoyfele offer. Man is made from earth, is, ends up in the earth. Um, and as we read in the Pasuk in Bereshis, when Hashem creates the first man, it's offer min Adam, it's earth. So all of us are really an earthenware vessel. As an earthenware vessel, we come into this world. Our soul comes into our body and we come into this world and we try to hang on to purity, to holiness, to purity, to, to, purity, to spirituality. But, but the fact is that we're part of this mundane world and we're involved in this world in so many different ways every single day, every hour of the day. And most of the things that we do are very physical and very mundane and very plain and not necessarily holy and would seemingly be able to bring impurity, to defile the purity, the holiness, the pristine state of the soul of the neshama that it was before it came into this world. And herein lies the message that really a neshama soul that comes into the body of a human being, the soul is the inside, the body is the outside, the body is the backside of the story, and the neshama, the soul, is the inside. And what Allah is telling us is that a soul can never become impure because of something that only touched the body, touched the outside. The body is secondary, the body is, is, um, is not significant enough to bring impurity to the soul that resides within. You have to impurify the soul directly in order to bring real impurity and real defilement to the soul. <clears throat> Interesting to note, the Rebbe does add, he says, but it's important to remember that we're earthenware. The earth represents a level of humility to recognize where we come from. When one becomes arrogant, then to a degree they lose that earthenware aspect to themselves and therefore the impurities can reach deeper. But still it's only going to be external because at the end of the day we are earthenware whether we feel it or we don't. And now, now therefore says the rabbi taking this one step further, one might think that's, you know, this that we don't become defiled by the body and the physical and the mundane is when we're just involved in the, the natural, you know, needs. Like the natural discharges, the natural impurities. You know, Hashem created us so we have to eat and we have to sleep and we have to work and we have to socialize so, and so on. The basic natural stuff. But what if someone gets involved in impurity in a heightened level? Something that's unnatural, that doesn't have to be. One be one's involved in sinful behavior. So one might think, well, maybe that defiles the soul. And that's what the Parsha is telling us, no. Even the unnatural impurities, even impurities that we bring upon ourselves, still, they only touch our outside. They only touch our body, our physicality, our mundane. They don't reach deeper. They don't defile the soul. 
And therefore the Rebbe teaches that's the, that's the meaning of this halacha in our own relationships with, our, with, 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 with others as well as the way we look at ourselves. When we see others or ourselves and we feel, wow, totally impure, totally defiled, totally mundane, involved in so many different types of behavior that are not godly and they're not holy. Wow, this is really not a holy person. This is really not a spiritual person, says the Rebbe, that this halacha says that's not true. No matter what happens, it's external and should never be the way we look at the internal, the depth, the MS of another person, of another Yid, another Jewish person, another human being. And the Rebbe would so often quote the words of the Rambam. The Rambam talks, it's in the laws of, of, of divorce, and it talks there about a man that the wife wants a divorce. And the Besdin court says, she's right, she deserves a divorce. And the man doesn't want to give the divorce. And halachically, the man has to say, yes, I want. So the halach is that the Besdin, the high court, was able to coerce this person into agreeing to give the divorce, even by, by beating him into it. Until the person said, Rotsani, yes, I want to divorce. I want to give the divorce. And the question is, but, but what's the value of him just saying, I want? He obviously doesn't want. He's being coerced into saying that. So what's the value of him saying, I want? And the Rambam says, no, no, no. He says, there's no, there's no doubt that this person truly, deep down, wants to do the right thing. Because everyone wants to do the right thing. Everyone has that neshama. It's just that they have, he has an evil inclination, that that evil inclination is standing in the way and is not letting him do what he himself wants to do. And therefore, we're just beating out of him his deeper, real desire to do the right thing, do the good thing. This was a Rambam that the Rebbe would, would say over again and again and again, driving this point home of how to look at every one of us, at another, at our, at a, and, and as well as the way we look at ourselves, to understand that the primius, the internal aspect, of every of every nisham, of every soul remains holy no matter what. That's how we're trained, how the Rebbe trains us, to look at another person and to try to help reveal that nishama, that soul that we know without any doubt resides in its full holiness and full purity within each and every one of us. Hashem should help we should continue that work that the Rebbe instructed and taught and empowered us to do of helping reveal the neshama within ourselves, within each and every one of us, within every other person as well, within everything in this world to find the neshama, the holiness and the purity that resides very soon to reveal it with the coming of Mashiach Sidkenu speedily in our time. Have a wonderful Shabbos.